Irish NFL show. Firstly, thank you for listening to the show. We truly appreciate all our listeners. If you are enjoying the show, please consider rating, reviewing, and subscribing on whichever podcast platform you are listening on. It makes a huge difference. It helps others to find the show, and we would massively appreciate it. Also, reach out to us on social media. We love interacting with listeners and with fans from wherever you are in the world. And with that said, on with today's episode. Welcome back into the Irish NFL show. As the Irish people bask in the hottest day of the summer year so far, we're also basking in excitement for all NFL fans across the country. Having been to the press conference this morning, with the Pittsburgh Steelers announcing their international marketing rights agreement to both the Republic and Northern Ireland, the country as a whole. There was also a glimmer of light that we will see an NFL game to be played in Crow Park, Dublin, in the coming years. And we're delighted to have Scott Pioli on to have an initial reaction to this news. Scott Pioli, former GM in the NFL name, in the NFL League, former executive in the league, former GM, assistant GM, always very good to the show. And is always very keen to see the game grow globally. Scott, fantastic to have you here. It's great to be back. Great to be. It's been a little bit of a while, but it's good to be back. I'm, I'm glad we could put this together quickly. I'm such a big day, especially. That's that is it is a big day. We we were fortunate to be at the press conference this morning. Dan Rooney, son of Art Rooney, was in attendance. Brett Gosper, who you know very well, obviously having dealt with him in terms of the international player pathway. Henry Hudson from NFL UK, and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Stewart, the only quarterback. To play for the Steelers in Ireland, albeit it was a pre-season, pre-season game back in 1997. So yes, a number of key people in, in attendance. And as, a, as we touched on offline, a commitment potentially to play a game, a regular season game in Ireland. It probably doesn't come as a surprise bearing mind where the league has gone over the past couple of years. We've had we've the three games in the UK, two in Germany. But Scott, it's really a, a really encouraging period for fans globally within the NFL. Yeah, it really is because the NFL is really excited about expanding globally for so many reasons. You know, we we found over the years that everyone loves this game. You know, there's there's some sports sure that they love more, but this the the game of football is really really taking off. And and in a place that I I realized it was that long ago. It seems like it was it, there was a game there more recently. And I know there's been college games and but but as far as the NFL, but. This is, um, and as you know, the Rooney family has a very, very special relationship with Ireland. And this is, of all teams, them announcing, you know, we just went from having uh, 19 teams operating in 10 different countries. It's now, since this weekend's announcement at the league meetings I was at, 21 teams in four countries, a total of 40 different new international markets. And we're supposed to be there, right? As a league, we should be there. And this, there's no doubt that the Steelers, the Rooney family, they are supposed to be there. This is this is going to be great. I'm sure that, that the country is going to embrace the Pittsburgh Steelers for sure. On a Steelers, have always had a significant fan base across the country. You touched on the college game. The college game is a sellout here in August. It's Notre Dame against Navy. The opening yeah. weekend of the college season. And within the media this week, they've kind of acknowledged it's going to be the, the greatest influx of Americans to Dublin for one particular weekend. 39,000 expected to travel over for the game. That's amazing. And I'll tell you, so again, I, I love, not only did I work in the, in the NFL for over 30 years, I I worked in college and I just love the game of football. I've studied the history forever. 
And I actually, the the game that you all are getting, you know, with with Notre Dame and Navy is quite a historical game. I remember seeing a game, they, it, I, I, I'll have to go look it up to see how many times they've played, but this is a true, and I'm, a quote unquote, I'm doing a little air quotes. I know it's a podcast, but an American classic. It really is. And for that to, to be there is really going to be special. I go, I went to a game, gosh, I'm trying to remember the year, but it was in the early 1990s and it was a home game for Navy. So they were playing at the old Memorial stadium in downtown Baltimore. And it was, uh, and Notre Dame was there it was the Notre Dame team that won the national championship that year. So actually, it was earlier than that. It was 1988, is is what I believe it was, because I was working at Syracuse and I was doing the advanced scouts. And I just remember there's this pageantry that comes along. I mean, Notre Dame is Notre Dame. It's so unique. It's so wonderful. And then there's the Naval Academy, which is just an incredibly special place. And you get, you know, the midshipmen in their uniforms. So you you all are in for a special surprise in that game. You, you know. Don't be so excited about all the Americans going to come across by the game. You know, get your your countrymen out there and countrywomen out there so, to to see the game. It's going to be a spectacle and a heck of a football game, I'm sure. Yeah, we'll be very fortunate. We'll be there in in immediate capacity. The game has been confirmed for a seven thirty kickoff local time, which will be two thirty Eastern time back in the states. But a, a seven thirty game for Irish people means an early afternoon start. In I was going to say, do you guys call it tailgating? Because they, they'll be, they'll be what our, you know, our tailgating has an early start. So our tailgate tends to consume just being in the bar and staying in the bar until it's time to leave the bar and go to the stadium, as opposed to being outside the stadium for a number of hours. But I've done tailgating both in the NFL experience and college games. I'm well used to it. So uh, it's always a very enjoyable experience. Uh, I spoke to Brett Gosper today and Henry Hudson, and I asked the question around the fact that you touched out there how many teams have signed into the into the program, and for the teams that haven't signed in yet, they got, I suppose what the great sense from the conversation was, no team is opposed to doing it. Every team understands the, the beneficial reasons to do it, and everybody has their own kind of business model, and essentially what they want to get out of is see what the other teams are doing from what the, how they'd like to run it, and take learnings and come come to the party at some stage over the coming years. Uh, absolutely, and you know, in talking to the owners and the presidents, and the, they, they said it perfectly, no one is against it. But it takes quite an infrastructure for an NFL team. Again, when you think of the idea that they're putting all of their resources, not just financial resources, but their human resources to make things happen. When you're a team and you're going to have an, an event internationally, yes, the league office carries it, the league's infrastructure, but there's a lot of work that has to be done by the individual clubs. And if you're going to be a get so, you know, I'll say married to a country in an international, you know, internationally, there's a great deal of infrastructure that has to be in place. And then that's also an enormous financial investment in terms of people planning. There's so much that has to be done. So the teams that aren't in, I'm sure, as you say, their business model has to be tweaked and made different from what it is to participate and compete in the United States because Again, it's not just a matter of saying, oh, we're going to go play. The Steelers aren't just saying, okay, we're going to go play a game over in Ireland. Well, they've got to generate a fan base. They've got, there's so many different pieces that they are going to be working on, you know, in terms of making sure that they have sponsors up there, over there, 
or over by you, I should say over there with you, setting up fan clubs, creating alliance with maybe with local sports teams, doing almost anything and everything that they do in the United States. It takes a tremendous amount of work and resources financially and human resources as well. Dan Rooney during his press conference today kind of touched on that and how much of a, a huge interest it is to kind of grow within the community and you know, build up the fan base, acknowledge young people that are only starting to learn about American football, encourage them to get involved in the game. And that brings me to the international player pathway because Brett Gosper, within his few moments in which we talked with him to speak about it, said he sees it as a pyramid. It's, it's as much about growing the game. It's about growing the game with a sense of giving people the opportunity to get involved, grow into the game, become a player, understand the game, and then ultimately maybe get an opportunity within the, the international player program, which you're very keen on. Yeah, I, because I've been working with the International Player Pathway Program since, uh, since you know, several years. It's been a number of years, even through COVID. And it is, it's a remarkable thing because I think one of the most important things to any fans, they want to see players that they can identify with. And yes, they want to see the team, but if they can find players that they can identify with that come from their country or come from, you know, their area, there's always... You know, we're that way back here. When I see a guy who's from a, a, the local area where I grew up, there's this other additional interest. So Brett and, and Peter O'Reilly at, at the league office um, and, and Will Bryce and James Cook working very hard, working very close with them. And I love doing it because the, it's also evolving. One of the things that we've identified, and I, I remember having this conversation with Peter is, what we've been doing in trying to find players, we've been finding players that are in their 20s, mid-20s, and trying to train them, yet they've missed some of these formative years because they're coming from either rugby or a- another sport, and they've played a little bit of football. But because the game's growing, it's being played at such a younger level, so many different places. And there's, you know, the UK Academy has high school age players playing and I think the biggest difference we see is last year there were 319 international players playing in the NCAA, which is the college football in the United States. And what we're seeing, what that tells us is there's this much younger group of players that are playing the game, that are enjoying the game, that are developing, knowing how to play the game. Now, as we start identifying some of those players and can maybe develop them better, Every country is going to have a lot more prospects, and it's good, which will make the game better and grow it better as well. And Scott, as you know, every player has their own story in terms of how they make it to the NFL. In fact, last week we had a player, Irish player, Irish Heritage, moved to the States, went to the college program, and he's just come out of the XFL and he's signed for the Green Bay Packers, Dan Whelan, an Irish yeah. Panther. Potentially the first Irish player to play in the NFL for 37 years would be another monumental moment, I guess, for the Irish people. And just my final question for you is around the Jags in the sense that now the Jags have committed to playing two games back-to-back in London, a road game, and then obviously a, sorry, the home game first, then it's going to be a road game. Is this going to become another piece of the jigsaw for the NFL to see how this kind of evolves and then get to a stage where potentially teams are playing a number of games in the UK or even Germany in the long term? Yeah, I think we've seen that, yeah, because we've got... we've. Five games, right? We've made a quick jump to five games already. The Jaguars are a team. Again, I don't know what their long-range plan is, so I don't want to speak for them, but they clearly have an interest in this. I think one of the biggest pieces I, that the league is still trying to figure out 
is obviously we've starting to get our we start to get our hands around the logistic component in terms of traveling and hotels and making sure that we have an infrastructure when we land where the team can train for most of the week. I think what it ultimately is going to come down to is making sure that we have years of data understanding player safety when it comes to travel because it's not necessarily the distance that we're traveling, right? It's really, I guess it's tougher for the teams in the West Coast in the United States to to get to European countries. However, there's this other component of the time zones that just take, you know, change the sleep patterns and rest as we have learned over time in in hydration, all the things in soft tissue injuries to make sure that player safety is at the forefront. And I think a lot of what we're doing now is we're gathering data. We're building a fan base. It can't happen overnight because then there's too many mistakes that are made. But but you're right. And the Jaguars have had a keen interest in, in that. Um, so it, it'll be really interesting to see how we all move forward. But what's clear is momentum is growing. It's gaining. And what's beautiful about it is, again, I'm, I'm a little bit older. So I remember the earlier leagues where we had NFL Europe. And before that, it was a World League of American Football. I remember those leagues. I was working as a pro scout. And I think what the league's doing a much better job of is instead of imposing this league and all of these teams and all these resources on other countries, we're letting you fall in love with the game first and then maybe coming up coming to the to the other countries and and there's this generation that has fallen in love with the game. We've got flag football, so play, players can be engaged. Yeah, at any and every age, boys, girls, men, women, everyone can play it. So I think we're going a little bit more, a slower pace and a more thoughtful pace so everyone can embrace the game as well. I think everybody has a story. I heard he fell in love with the NFL. Mine was like that. I was fortunate to go on, on vacation with the family to the States. My mother had family over there and I fell in love with the game at a very early age. Scott Pioli, NFL Network, former GM within the league, executive, executive of the year. I really appreciate your time as always, coming on the Irish NFL show. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate the call this morning. Invite me on. It's great to be with you. Well, this morning for me, I should say. Late this evening for us. Thanks, Scott. Take care.